Hello, welcome to the first, very first episode of the Your Pal podcast. Um, bear with me if there's, if this is absolute utter shit. Thank you so much. So, I wanted to talk about my past and present with anxiety because that's very, that's very interesting, you know? It's a, it's gonna it's gonna get a complex history. You're gonna get a real crash course rundown. So let's let's go time travel. Let's go back in time to over a decade ago when I was a wee six year old. And my dad, he's dropping me off at my mom's place and he takes out a present and you know, my dad is definitely not winning any greatest gift giver awards you know just being honest but you know neither am i so that's okay um he takes out this present i'm super excited because i'm a fucking six-year-old and i take it into my mom's house and i'm really i'm super jazzed i open it up and it's this like brown fur jacket i don't know again like not the greatest gift giver i'm very grateful for everything that he's given me in life but definitely someone that kind of just you know he's i don't think he's ever i don't think i i honestly don't think i'd get him a great gift like we don't really know each other's taste that well so he pulls out i pull out this brown fur jacket and it's super shiny really really fucking shiny and i'm looking at it i'm sick so it's like the coolest thing in the world to me and when i look back on it now i'm like why did he get a six-year-old a brown fur jacket anyways i try it on right out of the box i try it on because i'm so pumped about this jacket and i go to our my mom and i like our full-length mirror and I'm just doing a little fashion show with this jacket. And now keep in mind, this jacket is shiny as fuck. You might be like, wow, why is it so shiny? Well, the story the story just gets more riveting from here on out. So I try the jacket on. And since I'm a six-year-old, like, cleanliness and hygiene, it's not the number one thing on my mind as a six-year-old so after I try the jacket on I just put it in the laundry pile and then I go to bed I just go to bed don't take a shower or anything just get in bed sleep I wake up the next day and it's a school day and I am just covered in these like red blotches head to toe well, not actually, I don't think it was on my face, so I guess like neck to toe, which is actually, that's weird, I don't know why, maybe it was on my face and I'm not remembering it correctly, but that's not important, it was all over me, these red blotches, they were super itchy, but more than that, they were just so awful to look at, and I hated it, I just felt so, I think that's like the first time in my life because when you're a kid, you don't, like, that age, 
no fucking three-year-old is like, I feel ugly today. You're three years old. You're fucking, like, picking your ass. You're three. No one gives a shit about anything when they're three, except, like, snack time. Um, so I was six years old, and I, I do genuinely feel like that was the first time where I can distinctly remember feeling, like, ugly. And I, I was like, Mom, I can't go to school today. Because, well, one, I don't think she would have let me because, I mean, it would be a little bit weird if your kid woke up in, like, hives and you were like, well, gotta learn the alphabet. So we went to the doctor's. Um, I felt so ugly and I felt so gross. And they were, like, asking me questions. Did I eat something weird? Did I blah, 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 blah. And the only thing that my mom and I could think of that was something that I had done differently was wear this jacket. And so they did, like, I don't know if they did patch testing or whatever, but they found out that I was allergic to some sort of, like, chemical spray. And it was the spray on the jacket that made it so fucking shiny. Um... Now, this event in my life, you know how, like, sometimes maybe, I always think about this, but sometimes I do this thing where I'm like, if I were to zoom out of my life and just pinpoint, like, like, almost make my life look like a timeline and just pick the important things, if I had to, you know, sum down my life into just certain important moments... This is one of the biggest, most transformative moments of my life. This incident, the jacket, the fur jacket incident changed my life. Um, You might be thinking maybe she just never touched fur ever again and that was it. No, no, no. This was like, I don't, so I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a fucking expert. So don't take my word for anything. I don't really know the ins and outs of developing mental health disorders. I don't really, I'm not 100% sure if it's something that you're born with, if it's like a genetic thing and something needs to trigger it. But after this incident, I started to develop like very bad habits very irrational habits um in 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 more direct words this was like the beginning of my history with obsessive compulsive disorder and again like I don't know if it's if it's even accurate to say like this incident this fur the dreaded fur jacket incident caused like it gave me OCD because I don't think that that's like scientifically accurate or psychologically accurate but yeah and this isn't some stupid like I wash my hands a lot um I fucking I I it's it's like a dumb pet peeve because you know there are worse things in the world but I hate the way people talk about OCD and it's like 
I don't like being a complainy type of person, but I really, it bugs me when people are like, I need this thing straight, like, or else my fucking OCD. Um, so I want to be upfront. Like, I've been diagnosed with severe obsessive compulsive disorder. It's not some, like, you know, occasionally I'm very quirky and it's like my crazy OCD. So, yeah, I. I had a really hard time from fucking age six to like maybe 15. That was the worst my OCD has ever been, which is a long time. It, in the grand scheme of things, it's not very long and it's like a blip. And looking back at it now, I'm like six to 15. That was like a second long of time. But that's a long time, and that those are such formative years of your life. So it definitely did a number on me, not gonna lie. Um, I had, I don't want to, uh, the nitty gritty isn't important, but I just had very bad, I had terrible thoughts, and I dealt with them in a terrible way which if if you know what it would honestly be so much more productive if if that's what OCD was uh generalized into because when people when a lot of people think about OCD they do think of like I need things to be in order or else if it's not I'm just annoyed I think it would be so much better if people were like oh OCD that's that thing where people have fucking terrible disgusting awful disturbing thoughts and then they deal with them in in terrible stupid fucked up ways that seriously degrade their quality of life that would be so much better if that's what people thought of OCD as but you know I'm a wiser older gal now and I've learned a lot I've learned a lot OCD has probably taught me the most about myself it's like kind of the it's like the biggest thing that's formed my personality and the way that I deal with anything is kind of the way that I deal with things is I've learned how to from how I've dealt with my OCD and compulsions that I've had and intrusive thoughts that I've had the way that I've coped with that is kind of the way that I deal and approach everything in life. So it's not perfect because I still struggle with a lot of things. I still struggle with OCD. It's not really something that... I know that it's incurable, but a lot of mental health illnesses are incurable and you just kind of have to deal with them. Um, And I never went on meds. That's maybe maybe that's a conversation for another episode. I'll leave that for another juicy little episode. But I have learned a lot of coping mechanisms. So um, as I said, ages six to fifteen, that was like the worst, right? I was I was down in the fucking dumps. Um, and I I think that's just because that's too young of an age to be self-aware enough to recognize 
hey, this is unhealthy and it's seriously affecting my quality of life. How can I deal with this in a more productive way? How can I deal with this in a way that doesn't interfere so dramatically with my day-to-day, you know? I was, like, in fucking seventh grade having panic attacks, and I wasn't like, hey, let me take a breather and just reflect on this moment and what's causing this moment. How can I more productively deal with this? I was in seventh grade, so that wasn't happening. But I'm I'm happy to tell you I'm not in seventh grade anymore. Lord, am I happy to tell you that. Um... So yeah, I, I, I'm very happy to say this. I have not had a panic attack in over a year. Over a year. That's, that's so crazy to me. Because there was a time in my life, even past age 15, a time in my life where panic attacks were so regular for me. They were just like... I might as well have just, like, scheduled them into my... I could have... If I had a planner in middle school, I could have just bookmarked some time to be like, oh, yeah, and make sure to to set aside some time for my daily panic attack because it was going to happen. And the thing about panic attacks and intrusive thoughts is you can't really schedule them in. You don't know when they're going to happen. There were so many times where I had to leave the classroom and just go to the bathroom and, you know, fucking burst into tears, could not breathe in this disgusting school bathroom. And I'd have to call my parents and it was this whole thing and I felt bad, I felt like a burden. My parents were, you know, they were fucking working and they're idiot kid is calling them like you know it it was it just sucks anxiety sucks as I got older I learned a lot and I just want to pass on the things that I've learned the biggest I don't this is definitely the coping mechanism that I would it's not a long term one because I do firmly believe that like the healthiest coping mechanisms or the healthiest way ways to deal with you know stuff that has to do with your mental health are going to be the things that where you're acknowledging and processing like the root of everything like really getting into the nitty-gritty and maybe that's where therapy comes into question I am not someone that goes to therapy I did at one point go to therapy for my OCD I went for I genuinely think it was like three sessions and then I stopped because they were too expensive and I was like this is definitely not like I have kind of a tendency to just be like I can just deal with it on my own. And I wasn't about to fucking ask my mom to pay money for something that I felt like I could have just done by myself. And who knows, maybe maybe if I stuck with it and just, you know, we made that comprom- that financial compromise, maybe I would be 
so much more mentally sound but I feel very good about I I feel pretty solid now so you know good for me we saved some fucking money on that one um so yeah I do think that maybe therapy is more productive when it comes to figuring out the root cause of certain issues but footnote I do think you can do a lot of that productive, deep work on your own. And one of the most helpful things for me is distractions. Distractions are so wonderful. They're they're a bit of a double-edged sword, but in a good, positive context, distractions are the shit. They're great. Um, Anyone who's had a panic attack before struggled with anxiety you know that like even though it's not something that you're like I'm definitely gonna be having a panic attack in maybe 57 minutes from now it's definitely not one of those things but when you are having a panic attack like you know it's coming on there's the shortness of breath you or at least for me like I, I start having a little bit of a breathing issue and it's a it's such a physical sensation. I find that before that, before it really sets into your body and you start feeling it physically, I do feel it mentally first in the head. Um, my thoughts get really quick. They get incredibly negative and disturbing and weird. Um... And, like, I just start going to a really dark, horrible place. And I find that as soon as I start going there, like, the first thought, it's so helpful to just fucking do something else. And I know how dreadful it feels, like, in the time that you are anxious, just, like, making yourself maybe watch something super funny that's something that I do like a go-to if I feel it coming on if I feel it coming to just watch something funny that'll get my mind off of it I know that while I'm watching it I'm kind of miserable but my mind isn't a hundred percent there the worst thing you can do when you feel a panic attack coming on when you're dealing with terrible intrusive thoughts that are really that are starting to get super overwhelming and affecting your physical state, the worst thing you can do is just sit with that. Distractions are so helpful. And I I would recommend stuff that's not super mindless, something where you do have to put a little bit of effort. So maybe draw something, but don't just doodle. Like, look up, you know beginners those those fun little like draw step-by-step drawing things I was obsessed with those when I was a kid like draw by the number type things of of like a flower or a garden or fruit bowl you know something where you are putting you don't have to bake you know uh what is it called crocombouche I don't know 
you don't have to do something you're not laminating croissant dough but something where you're not doing something where your mind can just go anywhere something where you have to apply yourself minimally that's so helpful um i found that that's incredibly productive now i also want to touch on stuff that i need to work on stuff that i feel like i'm not the best at when it comes to dealing with anxiety one thing that i've observed about myself especially recently is that as soon as i don't and i'm so interested about this as soon as the sun sets like as soon as it gets dark out i don't know why but my my things that make me anxious those thoughts they just they multiply by the second as soon as it gets dark i don't know what the science is behind that the psychology behind that i'm so curious as to what that is and it sucks it's terrible it's like i could be having a great day but by the time i go to bed that's all fucking ruined because the last couple of hours i've been miserable because i've just been so fucking anxious and it's all because it's literally all just because it's fucking dark out and i don't know what that is and i realize that like i'm a very self-aware person so but i do have a tendency to just kind of stop there like i'm aware of things and then that's as far as i take it i'm like wow i get incredibly anxious at night (laughs) time to do it again next night and something that i really want to work on in this new year i really want to work on like noticing things and then actually doing the work to improve upon those things like i don't want to just observe that i get anxious at night and then that's it i would love to observe that i get anxious at night and then make some productive effort into well all effort is productive make some effort into you know how can i deal with that Maybe a year from now, I won't get anxious at night because of my own hard work. Maybe I'll still get occasionally anxious at night, but it won't be so bad, and it and I'll know how to deal with it. So one thing that I want to start doing is, as soon as I feel those thoughts coming on, as soon as I feel those, like, it, whether they be intrusive thoughts or just some general anxiety about the future whatever they whatever it is that i'm struggling with and that's making me anxious at night i want to like one idea that i had last night is maybe i could download one of those like one of those apps where you just play brain games you know i think that that will really help me And again, I know that it's not dealing with the actual root issue. But, you know, I don't have a fucking MD. I don't know why I get anxious at night more so than I do in the day. I don't know why it's a very different kind of anxiety 
it's very like it, it's like it's so dread filled and it's it's a terrible make you fear the future type of anxiety um it's awful and i don't know the reason behind it that will require a lot more self reflection maybe i can hopefully i can update you on that you know maybe a year from now i'll know exactly the reason why but if i don't that's okay as long as i know how to deal with it and not make it ruin my night every single night you know it sucks to go to bed in like a shitty mood because i do believe that that also impacts the way you're going to wake up and then it's just a cycle you're starting your day shitty cuz you went to bed shitty that sounds gross shittily i should say you know um like that's any better but anyways i'm going to do the brain games thing hopefully that helps hopefully it's a way that i can productively deal with feelings of anxiety so yeah this won't be the last time that i talk about anxiety on this podcast definitely not anxiety is a very big part of my life it's informed a big part of who i am i i i genuinely have no idea what i would look like without my journey my anxiety journey like i cannot picture myself without anxiety but i also like if that entire part if that aspect of my life was just removed like i don't know what i would look like would i be happier would i just be someone that you know tweets like fucking stay on would i be on llc twitter would i be tweeting like money is on my mind today you know shit like that i don't know i i hope to god that i would never find myself on llc twitter but you never know maybe anxiety and severe ocd prevented me from entering the the hell that is llc twitter um i want to end each episode with three questions of the day and my what i thought would be cool is if they could kind of increase in like complexity deepness so the first one i don't know if i'll stick with that by the way maybe i'll find three questions that are stupid as hell and i'll want to answer all of those maybe i'll find three that are make me really think and i want to answer those but for now we're sticking to that format so the first one my top 5 favorite movies what are my top 5 favorite movies my number 1 movie of all time the greatest movie ever made is coraline it's i could i've seen it so many times i could definitely recite the script i'm one of those annoying people that when i watch coraline i'm like finishing the lines i hate when people do that but i do it it's a great movie it's like it's a comfort movie for me whenever i say that people get people are like what coraline and 
nothing pisses me off like a fucking adult that's scared of Coraline. It's a children's movie. And it's not even scary. Grow up. Second, Spirited Away. Spirited Away is a classic. It's like, just so... I know that a lot of Miyazaki movies are very escapism-y, escapist-y, escapist, I don't fucking, I, I know that that's like a theme in his stuff, It it's the pinnacle of that is a spirited away, you're not on, it's actually, this is a proven scientific fact that you're not on planet earth when you watch spirited away, You you definitely transcend, it's a great movie. And it's it's emotional. I think that kids should really watch Spirited Away. I don't know if it's like... Maybe you you should be a little bit older. Like seven or so. Just because I do think like the parents turning into pigs. That might scare like a five year old. But I do think it's important for kids to watch. There's so many messages. So many good messages in that movie. Um, The Social Network. Need I say more? I mean... I'm speechless right now. Speechless. The fact that a movie about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg can be that interesting, about the stupid little dweeb that Mark Zuckerberg is, that tells you all you need to know. Social Network is a fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. Um, I don't... See, it's getting trickier and trickier. Those are definitely my top three. Now, my four and five, the rest becomes very interchangeable and more difficult. I want to say Zodiac. Zodiac is a phenomenal movie. I also just like Fincher a lot. Not to sound... I, I fucking don't want to sound like some douchebag on letter bro. On letter bro? <laughs> letter bro for the film bros of Letterboxd. I don't want to sound like that. But Zodiac and David Fincher, like, he's a great director, okay? I don't need to fucking explain myself. And Zodiac is such a good movie. I've watched it many times. Phenomenal movie. Fifth movie. This is where things get so difficult. I don't know if I have number five. So I'm just going to list multiple for my number five. Do with that what you wish. Little Miss Sunshine. Inglorious Bastards. I'm not a Tarantino fan, but that's a phenomenal movie. Ratatouille. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mulan. The Prisoner of Azkaban. The Fellowship of the Ring. Seven. When Harry Met Sally. There you go. There you have it. Oh, and Ten Things I Hate About You. Did I say that? I don't know. But 10 Things I Hate About You is a... It's the best rom-com. Is it a rom-com or just a rom? It's not the 
funniest movie, but it's a great rom. A little bit lacking on the calm, but definitely solid rom. Second question. What qualities do I admire most about slash in my parents? This is a great question. My mom has the most refined, phenomenal work ethic out of anyone that I've ever met in my entire life and that I ever will meet. Um, I just admire her drive a lot. It's, It's kind of unhealthy because she doesn't really put her happiness first in regards to, like, my neighbors are doing something with a fucking drill. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Um, I do think that sometimes she works at a detriment to her own happiness and her own, like, just self-fulfillment and life satisfaction. Like, she went into a certain... She went into software instead of teaching, which is what she wanted to do because she wanted to provide a better life for her child and herself which is an incredibly admirable thing to do but at the same time it's like you know it's not for yourself fully it it's not prioritizing your 100% of your needs um 100% of like the things that'll make you happy in life but like man you wa- you just won't meet a harder worker and i really admire it i'm a little jealous at times i wish i had her work ethic i do feel like i if i could have half of her work ethic i'm like solid i'm set for life that should give you an idea of just how just how incredible of a work ethic she has um my dad is arguably the most relaxed like if what's the opposite of the word anxiety? This question is very fitting for today's episode. Whatever the opposite of the word anxiety or the feeling of anxiousness, that's my dad. Like he just does not and in both of these qualities for my mom and my dad, like, to an extent, they're not great things for the person, I guess. Like, you don't want to work yourself to the point where you're not happy. So there is a something to be learned in each of these qualities. And you also don't want to be someone that just never stresses. Because I do think that stress can you know, keep you on your toes and it can keep you accountable. But also, I guess my dad disproves that because he gets his shit done. He, he, you know, he does what he has to do. He's a functioning adult and he just doesn't worry about anything. I've never, ever in my life, and I don't think I ever will, meet a human being that just doesn't worry and I don't know, maybe I don't see it ever, or he just does a damn good job of hiding it, but he's also very open about the fact that he doesn't like to spend his time worrying about stuff that he can't control, 
which is like, what? I hope to God that one day I can reach that level of fucking elevation, the elevated mindset. Dear God, he should be on some fucking self-help podcast. Last but not least, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? This is a deep one. Huh. I'm terrible at opening up to people. Like, I can't do it. And something that I've noticed is that in friendships, I often become the therapist friend. Like, I just, I become the friend that the only reason I'm getting a text is because, you know, my friend needs advice on something. I kind of attract people that talk a lot about their lives and you know that's there's nothing wrong with that friendship should be a place where you feel safe to just rant or feel scared feel you know definitely I, I don't mean to say that friendship should be a place where you feel scared I mean where you feel comfortable feeling or expressing that you're scared, expressing that you're worried, you know, friendship shouldn't be a place where you're like, I don't want to burden anyone, but I often feel that way, and I often attract people that just dump their shit on me, and there's, again, nothing wrong with that, as long as there's like a back and forth of that. Because that's really what makes a good friendship. When you can just both communicate the shit that's going on in your life. And then provide, be a source of advice and help. But I am so bad at opening up to people. I could know someone, I have known people my entire life. I.e. E.G. my mom. (laughs) And I will, there's, I just can't do it. I can't just talk about myself to the point where it's, it's almost hard for me to like, I can't even say today I had a bad day. My friend could tell me just dump a whole relationship problem thing and it's hard for me to literally just be like I didn't have the greatest day today isn't that funny like you know shit like that it's so hard for me to just be vulnerable I don't know maybe we can get into the root of all of that later It's so difficult, and I just wish that I was someone that was more comfortable with just being open and honest about my feelings, my experiences, the way that certain experiences have shaped me, the way that they've made me feel, stuff that I'm uncomfortable with, my vulnerabilities. I really do wish that I could just be someone that was more, you know, open to that. Because I think that just makes you a better person. It makes you a better friend. The best people in life are people that can, like, share their shit and also 
be someone that you can share your own shit with. And right now I'm only checking off one of those boxes. So yeah, those were today's three questions of today. Um, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Your Pal podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you could take something away from this. Ultimately, I want this place to be a source of comfort in like a safe place, but also a place where maybe you can learn something. Maybe you can apply something that I share into your own life to better your quality of life. That would be really wonderful. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week. Hopefully, I stay on my weekly grind of pumping these things out. And yeah, I hope that you enjoyed. Hope that this only gets better from here on out, this podcast. Um, Yeah, thank you for listening to the Your Pal podcast. It's been your pal.